Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Time for the spoiler cast theme song. Oh, it's time to ride a dragon <laughs> to save the world. And sing a song about spoilers. Spoiler dragon. Wow, Andrew, I didn't know you were going to do our theme song today. Well, I'm sitting in Denise's chair. Yeah, she's under the weather today. Vicariously, I had to do it in her honor. Well, uh, we're going to talk uh, just briefly. Let's talk spoilers on Sausage Party. Oh, first? Okay. And then we'll finish with some spoilers on Pete's Dragon. I don't know that there's a lot to get into spoiler wise on each of them. If you want to hear the full podcast uh, review of those movies, certainly uh, go back in your podcast feed and check out the full review. Well, good old podcast proper. But we're going to talk uh, spoilers. Sausage Party, um, spoiler alert, is dirty. It's the final scene we're talking about is a food orgy. It is the longest food or is Can I it's, just say every sexual act you can think of is portrayed by food. And stuff that you never would have imagined <laughs> is portrayed by food. I don't know, people imagine a lot of gross stuff. So I think that we need to mention that Kristen Wig and Seth Rogen are the two main characters in mm-hmm. this. Kristen Wig plays a bun and uh, Seth Rogen plays a hot dog. You can obviously yes. understand the sexual innuendo there. This and- movie deals a lot with sex and and how it relates to religion. Like, there's a lot of stuff here about you know that the purity and stuff. purity. Yeah, that they try to please the gods by you know staying pure because they believe that once they get to the great beyond, which is outside the store, yeah. that the gods will treat them nice as long as they've been good. Yeah. And I get how you could draw that from religion, but this movie's idea of how religion views sex, though I get where it comes from is really messed up. Like, I've been in the church my whole life. Like, I've come from the Christian bubble. And yes, there there are, um, there are certainly, there's certainly an emphasis on purity when it comes to sexual activity. But it's not 
it's not out of being fear of struck down from God. It's about understanding the purpose of the act itself, you know? I think that they are just honing in on not just Christianity, but religion in general right, has yeah, yeah. a huge stereotype when it comes to sex. And how religion controls people, too. Yes. Which is, I think, a legitimate thing to look at um, because, you know, uh, I would say anytime you've got humans involved, they're going to mess stuff up. And, you know, humans twist things to control people in their own ways. And we've seen this in all sorts of religions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these are just some of the interesting concepts and interesting conversations you have while watching this movie that deals very specifically in these kind of things but yeah um i don't know what do you think what is you know worth talking about as far as like the whole story of you know the great beyond and what they learn you know is that actually humans eat them and destroy them and kill them Mm -hmm. and okay i have one i have one moment that i want to talk about okay (laughs) the uh the humans can hear when bath salts are injected which is ridiculous but understandable yeah what did you think when the guy's head fell out of the ceiling that was one of the funniest parts of the entire movie i agree i agree i was laughing that was amazing to the point i was almost crying i i that was and you know what it is it's just it's so unexpected yeah it's you did not expect it to go there you expected them maybe to find a way to drive a car, you know, Toy Story style and get back to the, the supermarket. Yeah. You did not expect them to bring the decapitated head of the human that bought them back yeah. to the supermarket. Honestly, I think that the funniest part of this entire movie, and we talked about this in the podcast proper, was how smart this movie is when it comes to nods to things like meatloaf. Meatloaf was one of the funniest parts of this entire movie. It it should be obvious but the fact that they tied in, you know, Meatloaf singing a Meatloaf song in that montage is so. Let's talk about so that. Good. Let's talk about the the puns and the references, those kind of things. We didn't talk about it all in the podcast proper. That our main villain is a douche. Yes. and I don't mean that in the colloquialism like a douchebag. I mean that like literally, literal, literally, douche. he's a douche. Yes. Um, and so he was probably my favorite character in the whole movie. Do, do you know who voiced him? Nick Kroll. Okay, that was Nick Kroll. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. That that frat bro attitude. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they made him a metaphorical, literal douche. Right. You know, yeah, that's, it was very intentional. Yeah. So there's that. And then you've got him, like, he'll say things, and uh, and then somebody will pop. It's, it's a common, actually, you know what else? The Penguins of Madagascar did this, too, in their movie. Where somebody will say something like it's a name, and and then that person will pop up and be like, "Yes," and yeah. be like, "No, I'm not talking to you." It did that over and over and over and again. And it got in this funnier movie. every single time. I agree. I thought it was handled very, Light very well. Bulb and uh... yeah. So there's there's that kind of stuff, and then there's just the way they play with our idea of food and kind of how that would work in the real world. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific example of that, but just all of it was very, very clever. Yeah, the Stephen Hawking gum. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Terminator theme that starts when after he, he gets, gets shot, shot and he gets, comes back together. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of very clever, clever stuff in this. But that's really, I mean, as far as spoilers go, there's not really a lot else to spoil other than, I guess, plot-wise, you know, they figure out a way to, yeah. to try to get along. But I think the main thing that people are going to take away from this movie, no matter how funny they think it is, it's going to be that orgy scene that went on way too long. And how ridiculous, and, and I don't even just mean how, like, how ridiculous in like showing all that stuff. Like, how ridiculous is their idea that once, let's say, people come to the belief, oh, there is no God, 
that all of a sudden we're all just going to start having sex with each other in every way possible. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's all religion has been for to keep us from fornicating. Yeah. That's it. Um, just kind of, it's just silliness. It was, and I think that they just wanted to see what they could get away with. Yeah. And they got away with a lot. My goodness. Yeah, that was, that was absolutely ridiculous. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else about Sausage Party? Uh, it's funny. It, if you are easily... But as offend- far as spoiler-wise, like... No, no spoilers. Uh, I'll just end by saying, if you're easily offended, this is not your movie. Yeah. Or even even medium easy offended is probably yeah. if you get offended at all, you probably will be offended at some point. Yeah. Uh let's spend a little bit more time uh chatting about Pete's Dragon and okay. kind of the spoilers of this, because it is a completely different story than the original. We're in yeah. some northern I'm guessing US or Canada. It's gotta be like the British Columbia or the North West. Because there's a lot of lumber. There's a lot of, you know, uh for, you know, foresting and the dragons are apparently alive up north somewhere. And listen, can we start with that? Because I said this in the main podcast that my least favorite thing about the movie was the very last scene. But there's more than one dragon. There's six of them, yeah. And the entire movie, you just think that Elliot is the only dragon. And then out of nowhere, oh, there's six more credits. Oh, I, interesting. I See, did I, not like it. I didn't think, I never thought Elliot was the only dragon. I thought they were insinuating that he had a, f- a family throughout the movie. I know, but if there's going to be more than one dragon, show that there's more than one dragon. Because Robert Redford saying, I saw a dragon, not I saw multiple dragons. Well, yeah, because... And Pete, even the song, the song that they sing throughout the, is just singular dragon. Mm-hmm. They never say multiple dragons. Well, it's because Elliot's the only one that's that's wandered too far south. The rest of them have stayed up north. Okay. I think I, I mean, think that's the idea. Yeah, but I think that it just kind of took away from the personal, you know, the... I was, well, it was supposed to make us... I mean, it was supposed to give us a little joy that, you know, Elliot had found his people, too. You know, his family as well. Yeah, but the thing I loved about it, the movie, whole, all of it was that all Elliot had was Pete. And mm-hmm. all Pete had was Elliot. But then, but then Pete finds his people's... And I didn't want him to. I wanted him to stay with Elliot. <gasps> oh, so when, towards the end of the movie, when he flew off yeah. with Elliot, you mm-hmm. wanted that to be more I like the end. I wanted that to be the end. I wanted so, them... like, Pete and Elliot go off to do their... Yeah. Because here's the thing. But you know that's not what's best for him, no, right? It's, is it, though? Humans are what's best for him. Come no, on. No, be with your own people. It's not. This was I... the whole theme of um, of the good dinosaur. And no, I'm think, sorry. Go ahead. And I think <laughs> that's where I totally disagree. I think that... Nothing bad happened really whenever it was just Elliot and Pete. They were happy. Nothing was wrong. The second that Elliot or that Pete is introduced to the world of humans, bad things start happening to not only him, but they start happening bad to uh, Elliot as well, the dragon. Mm -hmm. And then for him to decide, oh, that doesn't matter. I'm still going to stick with these humans that I've known for a day. Didn't like that. He's been with Elliot for six years. And they've had an amazing life, and he still chooses to stick with the humans. I didn't like that. I yeah, but him- it's but it, I think it makes sense though. I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, you look at every human raised by animals movie ever. That's what happens. Yeah. They find humans and they go back to them. Tarzan, you know, uh, Jungle with, Book. But with Tarzan, they had acclimation time. It wasn't twenty four hours, and then they say, "Yep, this is better," even he though had bad things some are happening. Acclimation time. He got to read a bedtime story with them. The same one that he's been reading. <laughs> no. But um, another thing that I thought was interesting, uh, Elliot 
decides at the very end of the movie, oh yeah, I can breathe fire. Not whenever I'm being hunted by hunters. I yeah. can't breathe. I can't breathe fire then. But all of a sudden, whenever the humans are coming with trucks, I can breathe fire now. Yeah, yeah. Story wise, you kind of have to save that moment, you know, for full effect. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you though, let's talk about that scene just a little bit because we're talking about uh, towards the end after Elliot has been discovered by everybody, which yeah. I kind of loved. I kind of loved that everybody like got a chance to legit see him, and it wasn't something like, "Oh, you crazy person," you know. Yeah, there was a little bit of that, but at the end, most people had actually seen him. I love the scene from above of him stretched out on the semi truck when they were bringing him back from catching him. That was kind of brutal. It was brutal, but it was really, but it was a, it was evocative. You know, yeah. it was very emotional. Um, so I really like that. So, anyways, they bring him back, they catch him, they're trying to figure out what to do with him. Uh, Carl Urban's character is very much, hey, I caught this, you know, he's mine. this dragon, he's mine. Um, and of course, you know, uh, the family unit is like, we've got to figure out how to save him. Robert Redford, who, you know, had a first experience with him way back in the day, uh, is also trying to save him. So they, you know, they crash out with the truck, they drive him, you know, to, you know, get him away and they end up on a bridge and uh, stuff starts happening. The bridge starts falling apart. He, uh, the dragon is now breathing fire, you know, to keep them away. Elliot's trying to get him to stop. So he finally stops. And then the truck that the humans that Elliot has been, so Bryce Dallas Howard, her husband and the little girl. Yeah. Um, although the little girl wasn't in the truck. I think it was just the, the couple. Yeah. Yeah. It was just Bryce Dallas Howard and, uh, um, are getting ready to fall in this truck, you know, miles down. It looked like to their obvious death. In that moment where Elliot, the dragon, grabs the truck to keep them from falling, I was about in tears. Like, really? there was something so powerful about, I don't know, I, I don't know if I wasn't expecting it or, I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but it was just, I don't know, that was a really powerful moment to me and to see Elliot save them in that way. There was, like, so many powerful moments in this. The one that really got to me and the one that keeps coming back to mind is whenever uh, Pete has been taken back to Bryce Dallas Howard and Wes Bentley's house, and there she just got off the phone with uh, the sheriff talking about how Pete's family was killed in a car wreck, and uh, she asked, what happened to your mom and dad? And he said, we were on an adventure. Mm. That's what really hit home to me and really yeah. got me. It's a powerful opening. Yeah. The car wreck scene, the way they shoot that, and the idea that, that this kid is in the backseat during this car wreck yeah. And just stuff starts floating around him because they're flipping or whatever. And he's just kind of looking around like, you know, what's going on here? I thought that was that was really I don't know that I've ever seen that shot like that before. Yeah. I've seen Rex shot from inside the car, you know, that kind of idea. But kind of in that that slow motion, almost it was almost ethereal. You know, it was almost like uh, there was something, you know, it it wasn't there. They didn't put the trauma in it. Like the music didn't say trauma. That yeah. it was. It was just very a little like euphoric. Actually, that's you know, the, yeah. That's the yeah. There was something peaceful about it. It was really interesting. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, I think there were some really clever choices made with this. So you can tell this director's got a lot of talent. Yeah, and I'm going to be looking forward to stuff that David Lowry does from now on, knowing what he can bring to the table. Yeah. So, anything else in the movie that you wanted to talk specifically about? Um, we kind of hit the I think major. We hit points. a lot of stuff during the major or the first right. podcast. So. Yeah, I think. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know the specifically story wise. It's actually a pretty simple story. 
Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, and it's, and I think that's great. It doesn't have to be complex. It just has to be effective. And I think it is effective, but you can't, I mean, it is, you know, boy, boy lost with dragon, boy found dragon comes after him, you know, um, people get dragon, <laughs> dragon boy tries free. to save people. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, it's that's the caveman. There's no twist. <laughs> there's no twist here, right? No. No, it's just a simple story all the way through. I don't think there has to be a twist. I think that the only thing that a movie has to accomplish is that the uh, personality or the outlook on life of the characters has to change from the beginning to the end. Growth. Evolution. Exactly. I think that's all a movie has to accomplish. Yeah. There can be twists, but I think that that's the main thing a movie has to achieve. Yeah. I think, yeah, there are several ways you can... um, maintain an audience or keep attention be compelling um but yeah overall really all the movie has to do is is tell you a story yeah and at the end of the story you feel like you learned something or you you know know something you didn't know or you enjoyed something yeah and uh this movie certainly does that stuff there you go we did it spoilers spoiler alert there's oh, there a is a helicopter in this movie, too. <laughs> there is a helicopter. Spoiler alert. It actually comes at a, at a very crucial moment. Yeah. Because it is a sign that it is more than just this town that is going to know about this dragon if he doesn't do something quick. Because mm-hmm. the government is coming. Yep. The man. Beats Dragon 2. The U.S. government. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.